the reason that loan officers won't talk about all their, you know, duct tape and staples and whatnot is because they're afraid <laughs> you're going to take them away, right? And yeah. it's going to mess them up. Hello, everyone. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the Mortgage Innovators Podcast, where we deliver fresh and hopefully entertaining insights on all things mortgage and the innovation propelling our industry forward. My name is Dave Zitting with Avenue Technologies, makers of the IntraLearn platform. And every Tuesday, you can find a rotating group of co-hosts, or what the producers dub the Innovative Five, who all share their unique connection to the industry. I'm happy to have with me here today my co-host, Sue Woodard. Welcome, Sue. Hey, Dave. Just the two of us today. It's just the two of us today. That's awesome. Yep. And I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. Thank you so much for for joining us today and a special shout out to our sponsor qualia qualia is the category creating digital closing platform used by thousands of lenders across the country to seamlessly work with their title and escrow partners by working better together qualia is powering lenders to deliver a differentiated closing experience for their clients through real-time communications closing status updates and workflow management qualia brings lenders together with home buyers and sellers title and escrow agents and real estate agents for a secure and seamless closing experience. Qualia is proud to have been awarded the Housing Wire Tech 100 Award for real estate as well as CV Insights FinTech 250 Award. Discover how you can work more efficiently with your title and escrow partners at qualia.com forward slash innovators. That's Q-U-A-L-I-A.com forward slash innovators. And today we have a really fun uh, topic. This is really down in the weeds. And it's uh, kind of jumping into this um, um, really about our industry sort of a topic. And it's the ever elusive unknown workaround, right? So many working parts. And, and allow me to frame this up just a little bit. Um, our industry is made up of a culture of doers, fixers, uh, folks that, you know, if an obstacle is in their way, are masters of getting around it and just solving the problem themselves. Um, ex excuse my expression here, but growing up, I spent summers on a farm and we used to call this using gray tape and bailing wire, right? Just just get it fixed, whatever we need to do, kind of a MacGyver strategy. Right. And, you know, technology folks, um, engineers, product developers and whatnot, um, they get really frustrated when there's, uh, when there's been time and space between some, fix it workaround in the back room that was deployed without them understanding um, what was going on. And, you know, if the product designers, if the technologists, if the CTOs of the, of the organizations would have understood more of these sort of workarounds um, that were being developed by the folks in the trenches faster, more often, um, more understanding of what the gaps were, they could build, um, uh, dynamic and intuitive process around filling those gaps. And so how do we better as institutions explore the unknown workarounds that are happening at all of the different levels and business units and corporate to the field and um, all of the different vendors that we work with and whatnot? How do we explore what those are? Um, my other question is, um, and then I'd love to to talk about today, Sue, is um, 
what are the strategies in which we can get an inventory of what those workarounds are? You know, kind of what's the frequency, what's the strategy around that? Yep. And, 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 you know, the big one is as an industry, the housing industry, because of the makeup of the wonderful people that are just, you know, we get up every day and every transaction is a little different. So we're already wired to know that, hey, today there's going to be a challenge and my job is to fix it. We're yep. fixers right? We're specialists at fixing. And so I think that sort of culture, that capability um, runs into areas that maybe we shouldn't be fixing. Maybe we should be expressing that better, feeding that information up to the people that need to know in the product design and technology suite of the organizations. And, and so being that what we are as an organ as an industry and the culture of our industry does that slow down innovation or innovation adoption or maybe innovation perfection within any specific area of the industry so so that's what um we've teed up today and i'm excited to hear your thoughts on this subject sue well, that was it. That was a great tee up. And I, I do have some thoughts on this. And I love that you started this by really talking about that this is an industry of doers and fixers and make it happen people, right? And you and I have both been in the trenches for many years in our careers. And we've been the doers and the fixers and making it happen and, and working with a lot of great folks to do that. In fact, it made me start thinking about, I think I've mentioned on this podcast before that my big technology I used back in the day was ACT cutting edge right that was what i used but wow, I, remember I remember act and goldmine wow and <laughs> act it was, was like the second version of goldmine right right and uh, but i remember one of the things that i wanted that i had my act do is it would send me a reminder to get this piece of mail out of i mean i'd print these letters out and i'd stuff them in folders and it'd say mail letter c to you know the customer and i'd go in the file and get letter c and you know i mean it's just crazy but i had this you know kind of weird like you said kind of the i don't know what that was haywire haywire and bailing something i don't know great great I, tape or duct tape and bailing wire so okay. we <laughs> said tape, any farmer if they're tape listening would understand what I mean, right? but to that point probably everybody listening to this can can you know relate to that personally or professionally you've probably got something where you're like oh man this thing is you know yes kind of jerry-rigged or kind of macgyver together but at the right. same time when you're operating at a at a you know fast pace like again everybody listening to this has been you kind of go with the hey if it ain't broke don't fix it and um it reminds me of even like sometimes i don't know switching a phone I don't know about all you listening, but every I, I dread changing my phone because I know it's like Amen. I know I've got all this crazy stuff and it's but it's like and I don't want to go through the thing. But once I go through the thing, I'm like, oh man, look how awesome this is, right? So we know on the other side of the tape and staples and gray tape and whatnot, you know, is a really good thing. But I, you brought up a really interesting point, and it's talking about you know I think there's twofold. Number one. How do the folks that are um, that could be the engineering around it with a piece of technology, you know, learn better, right? And and how do you start to plug into what really is that user interface and that user experience? And the number of times that I've talked to folks on the engineering side where it's like, okay, you built it like this, but who all did you ask? How many of the actual people that are gonna put their hands on this keyboard did you talk to? And who and how did how did you have them use it? And they're like, well. 
you know, when we ask this one guy and it's like, no, 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 that's not how you can do it. So I think step one is really ensuring that if you are on the vendor side listening to this, it's really plugging in and making sure that you really understand um, and are investing in UI, UX and in, in that design and in doing the research and in asking the question. So often we don't have because we don't ask, like ask the question, watch how people use it, watch where they're struggling, watch where they're like ducking out of it because it's making them crazy, right? So I think that's a big part of it. And Dave, you said something else um, about technology or innovation adoption and does it slow that down? And that's something I cannot tell you the number of times that I've seen that because again, going back to if you haven't figured out how is this actually going to work with the actual people that are supposed to use it? A lot of times an enterprise comes in, plops in a piece of technology, says, there you go, everyone. We've got new technology for you. Enjoy. And you, you, you know, too often there isn't enough attention paid to what are they doing currently, you know, to because they're probably solving all these problems. Maybe they're solving them with post-it notes or spreadsheets or something. But how do we actually make sure that we do, you know, what I've called a lift and shift? How do we lift them out of the old solution and shift them into the new one? And how do we help them do that knowing that they're also a plane in flight and we're trying to, you know, pop on a new wing? So what have you seen, Dave, on, on that point, you know, when we really talk about that, that adoption and the lift and shift, even though we're talking about a lot of fast moving people who don't want to slow down, what have you seen um, that's worked? Yeah. Yeah. And before before sharing some of that, I just want to touch on a couple of things that, um, that sparked my interest in what you just shared. I, uh, I, I agree with you. Um, the UI UX aspect of this, I think, is is very great point, an incredibly good point. You know, we spend so much time um, on the technology side, advancing UI, advancing UX. And there's an expectation there of what it was built to do, what it's supposed to do. And, and if it doesn't, or if it's not, either it's not being utilized the right way or the design wasn't there um, that created the experience. And, and either of those kind of motivate out this gap. And then this gap is quickly filled by this elusive unknown workaround, right? And, and the, and I really love what you're pointing out as well on top of that, that it's when you're bringing technology into an organi organization, all of the different individuals within the different business units already have stacks and stacks and stacks of workarounds, yep. post-it notes or spreadsheets or any number of things that they were doing. Bomb bomb videos, I think, is like becoming a big workaround. If somebody doesn't know how to do something, put a bomb bomb video on it, right? And And it's really interesting that you know, adding technology to eliminate all of the um, little workarounds and bringing UI and UX into an experience, but yet still we end up with a gap and we end up with these specific areas of these elusive workarounds. And I really underline elusive because nobody's talking about them. They right. kind of, you know, they come up when, uh, they come up in our organization whenever, there's um, somebody complaining about something that supposedly didn't work, right? And what happens very smartly, the product designers and the engineers and the management get together and they start interviewing people. They start trying to find out, well, why do you think it doesn't work? <laughs> because we think it works, but why do you think it doesn't work? And so as we go through this really detailed thing, we, you know, things get teased out of that 
Yep. And somebody down the line that's more of a wrench, you know, taking a wrench and turning bolts every day, um, says, oh, well, I've added this piece. <laughs> you know, I do this bomb bomb video or I or I've got this spreadsheet, and, and that's when alarms go off, uh, especially for the product designers, where they say, wait a minute, you shouldn't have to do that. Why are you doing that? And did you know that the UI and the UX was built this way? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that the UI and the UX was built that way. However, here's what's happening. <laughs> oh, okay, great. We didn't know that. We can shift that slightly. Let's test that, and we're yep. moving forward. But what is interesting is that there's this big knowledge gap and a lack of knowledge share or at least the timing of knowledge share from the point in which there was this gap and typically in UI UX to your point and instead of getting that information flowing quickly as an industry I find we tend to find our own self fixes and that slows the knowledge share and then eventually it gets teased out and so so you know we're getting better and better and better at as as an organization to, yep. you know, test, go back, record the experiences, um, you know, and and we found out really quickly that in a culture of doers, we have to literally have discipline of saying, hey, this is research. We're really looking at what you're doing every day. We put committees together to you know make sure that the individuals are sharing their experience. And if we find inside of that experience, and sometimes it's hard to tease out, but we find it that there are these kind of sidebar workarounds happening, that's when we then can go back and start to create architecturally um, solutions for that. And in, in an organization that we um, have process around that, I remember other um, management experiences that I had that it seemed almost impossible to find all of those different little back-end workarounds and so right. I, I just i was motivated to talk about it today because i think it slows us down as an industry yeah and and i think that if we can build communication strategies and discipline around hey this is what the ux ui is supposed to do what is your exact experience everybody every participant and then let's exactly. talk um, I, you know, I think businesses yeah. advance quicker. You know, it's um, what you were just saying is really important in terms of, I think, again, if you're on the vendor side, who is it that you're talking to to get that user experience, I think is also very important. A lot of times people will um, say, well, we're going to get the top tier of producers. I want to get the top couple producers in the nation. We'll talk, you know, ask them. On, on the vendor side, that's not who you should be talking to. Cool, talk to them, but you got to operate to how about all the rest of us? You know, how about just, you know, the people that are, you know, the, the normal people that are going to be putting their hands on the keyboard and try to use it. That's a really important perspective. From the lender's perspective, again, when you're instituting a new technology, you absolutely do need to take that top tier of originators and, and help them in a different way. You know, look at what their custom processes are and say, and I think that's one of the great things about a lot of the technologies available now is that you can customize it and say, hey, we're going to make your Dave's inning way of doing things, you know, work in this technology, right? And and but then you have to look at the the rest of them and say, okay, what is everybody else? How do we take the, you know, kind of the the meat of this and make it work for everyone else? And so it's looking at those personas and not just saying we're going to try to make this fit, you know, for the top tier people. The top tier people in this industry, the top originators, 
they are going, if you took your top 10 producers for anybody listening, their businesses probably look really different. And one of yeah. them probably does use a bunch of post-it notes. Another one is all about their mobile everything. Another one is the bomb bomb queen or, you know, like everybody's doing it really differently. And so you take care of those people because again, those are your top producers, but you really operate to what's going to help the bulk of people. And I think Dave, one of the other really important things that you brought up is that why is it that people have these you know workarounds and fight against you taking those workarounds away is fear right again it's kind of it ain't broke you know please don't fix it i'm running really fast right here you're gonna mess up my world you're gonna mess up you know my relationships my communication flow my process my special patented process that i have you're gonna mess it up and so i think it's really understanding and not saying um, i get very frustrated when people say oh loan officers they just you know don't want change I didn't either when I was originating because like you're going to mess up my my deal. And I think instead approaching it and saying, you know, why would somebody be afraid of change? It's not just being averse to change. It's saying, hey, what is the fear there? And how do we help you say, hey, actually, you should get rid of your BlackBerry and get an iPhone because, you know, let me tell you, I know it seems hard, but here's what we're going to do. And this is from somebody who had like the last BlackBerry on planet Earth, I'm sure, <laughs> right? Awesome. Um, but I just think that it's important when you do think about the workarounds are there for a reason and um, not just fighting against them as a, as a leader or a vendor saying, oh, you know. That's so ridiculous, but saying, why does that exist? What need are they trying to fulfill? And ask kind of the five whys. Why are you using that? Why does that work better for you? You know, why do you think that? Um, and, and really getting at the heart of the issue. Uh, it's, it's so, That's so brilliant, Sue. I completely agree with you. And, and, and really to underscore that, that thought that, look, don't disrespect the, the workaround right this kind of hidden back end workaround whatever it is um it, it don't approach it as a negative thing it's getting the job done there was a gap and the gap got filled or maybe there wasn't a gap you know it's really interesting there's a lot of technologies out there and i talk to other colleagues and they're like our systems only get used this percentage they're not even using all of the other pieces of it because to your point the lift and shift hasn't the full shift hasn't occurred and and they're just so stuck kind of doing it the old way but maybe there is a real gap and and people just solve it themselves and then nobody really understands what needs to adjust in the ui and ux but i love what you said there in that look we got to love what is we got to love that there this is um a gap being filled by somebody that you know uh took the bull by the horns and and solved the problem with whatever it is that they solved the problem with or filled the gap with and 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 so there's gold in understanding what that is and and of course your other point is um you know the first thing you got to do is kind of really look at that thing because it might be saving everybody <laughs> it might you know everybody might be thinking that the whole system is working come to find out there's a couple of links in the chain that are only there because of sticky notes or yeah. because of um, <laughs> right some spreadsheet or or, or something like that and so that's really um the the crux of the question here is as organizations um you know what is the frequency? What is the strategy? Um, what is the um, 
you know, what is the process in which we can find out what we don't know? Because you don't know what you don't know until it kind of you end up stumbling on it because somebody finally mentioned it in a meeting. Yeah. Yep. Right. And you're like, yep. oh, I didn't know everybody was doing it that way. That yep. wasn't the design. Yeah. <laughs> and and, yeah. and then you bring up a great point in in that there's um, you know, different kinds of companies, uh, you know, we're an organization with our technology. So it's quite a bit easier. We, you know, we've designed everything. A lot of organizations have a whole bunch of different vendor technologies. Yes. And you're right. I mean, somebody's got to be asking the question, did the different vendor technologies get fully deployed? Did the lift and shift occur? Are their UI UXs supplying what's happening or what should be the result and if there are these elusive unknown workarounds happening still um how are the vendors getting involved to help us um as organizations get the lift and shift completed um and or hey adjust your tech you know adjust the ui a little bit so that we end up with this sort of automated experience that we were needing in the first yeah. place right yep yeah the couple um i guess pieces of advice i would give people um you know folks listening um if you're a lender and you're adopting some new technology ask that vendor partner talk to me about about the lift and shift you know what what where have you in your experience found that there needs to be some change management and how are you going to help me do that you must have best practices because you've done this bunches of times so talk to me about that i also think part of it is having an atmosphere in, in your um organization of safety the reason that law officers won't talk about all their you know duct tape and staples and whatnot is because they're afraid <laughs> you're going to take them away right and yeah. it's going to mess them up and so i think approaching it saying hey if you're all using duct tape maybe we can do something better as an organization but but having um you know and instilling that trust in that relationship where they know you're not coming in to to take it away you just want to try to you know help find ways to to make things better that way you'll find out to your good point a minute ago oh my gosh everybody's using this weird you know this weird duct tape stuff let's let's actually fix this right as a company so i think you're you're spot on with your guidance dave yeah that thank you and and that's wonderful advice sue and i I love the analogy, um, and you touched on this earlier, and I love airplane analogies, <laughs> but but it's it's likened to going to somebody and saying, um, hey, while you're flying the plane, we're gonna take your wings off and we're gonna put these new wings on. We're gonna do it really, really quick. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> worry, like, don't worry, nothing can go wrong. Time, even a half a second, you're saying I'm not gonna have wings? Um, that's a problem, and, and so, you know, that coupled with the fact that you know we we just are absolutely a culture in this industry in the housing industry in every aspect of it we're a culture of waking up seeing a problem fixing it you know and not waiting for everybody to get it fixed and so you know those two things um i think we need to find um <clears throat> strategy communication strategy and and share right as as we are taking on more technology um and in in a previous segment we had we you know there was a discussion around the individuals you know getting a little you know heartstrings getting pulled because it's like wait a minute the, the tech's doing that that's what i always did 
you know, I, I don't know if I want the tech doing what I did, then where's my value going? And so, you know, there's just seems like there's a basket of sort of um, personalities and, and, and sort of um, kind of ownership motivations and different things like that, that if we could get to the other side of that, build strategy, um, build awareness and and that the and everybody just come to the conclusion that look this is a a people industry that's taking on technology and that as long as there's emotions in buying a home which there always will be in my opinion um those will just become more and more and more then we we have to have this human interface and that look technology is here to make the help the consumer have a better experience and help you be more productive so that we can do more and we can be more effective in it and that's where innovation really starts moving forward at a faster clip and right i on. think we're still figuring that piece out right there uh, as an industry um we have strategies around it here and they, they're working well and we're learning every day and it, it's really fun but but um you had some great advice there sue and i think um, I think that we should continue to noodle on that and maybe bring that to some future uh, segments. I in. love it. Well, we've gotten to talk about, like I said, great, great tape, which I've never heard that before. Duct tape, staples, you know, post-it notes, and spreadsheets and act and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, it's always fun to talk with you, Dave. And I think this is a really, really cool discussion. Awesome, Sue. It, it's been great. It's been an awesome segment and I appreciate it um and it's uh, always a pleasure to collaborate with you um as usual and i'd like to thank our audience for listening to today's episode as well and if you like what you heard make sure to subscribe to the mortgage innovators youtube channel or wherever you podcast and until next time